0: What a week it's been! So much to talk about, and so many things we can't talk about.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Skell, and you are listening to Behind. No, sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark, and I'm Harris, and we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Alright, how's it going everyone? Welcome to Behind the Gorilla. This is our uh, way, 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 way late, double or nothing recap. But, the difference is, we have an actual eyewitness of the uh, of the show in person. So, Harris is going to explain to us what that was like, going to his first AEW show and the first big show in wrestling since, uh, like full capacity show since, I don't know, year and a half. Since everything started. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the main thing we're going to talk about. And then there's other stuff going on. The NWA pay-per-view is going on right now. So, got to give a shout-out to that. That neither of us are watching, which we both feel very bad about. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it just... It it is what it is, man. NWA lost a lot when this whole thing started. And it's been uh, slow going. uh, At least getting us back into it. Because you have to pay to watch every week. And that's not the way we watch wrestling. So...
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we were talking about this before we went on the air. I like the company. I respect everyone who works in it. But Trevor Murdoch in an NWA title match is probably not going to get me to tune in. Yeah. It feels like, maybe I'm just hoping here, really feels like they're killing time until they can sign some of these wrestlers WWE is releasing every other week. good. Get a little bit of fresh talent in there. Replace all the people they lost to AEW, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping. Because I mean, they because lost. They are may, opening up.
1: They lost like half their core to AEW already, and so,
0: yeah, the the ones that felt like the most up and coming, you know, like right. mid card, looking to push to the top of the card. Well, the people. main
1: two are. Well, I mean, Thunder Rose is still doing. She she's still with NWA, but that still kind of feels that way. And uh, then mm-hmm. obviously, Ricky Starks mm-hmm. is the other big one. That they, uh, they lost. And obviously Eddie Kingston right. too, but a little different as far as like, you know, up and comer type thing. I mean, he's been around yeah. for a long time, but kind of the first time on a national scene. So I guess you could say he's new as, as far as that goes, but those are the three yeah. really that were the biggest blows for, uh, for NWA.
0: Yeah. And like Thunder Rosa, like you said, is still there, but it yeah. really feels like, like they had a long-term idea for her maybe. And then everything happened with her in AEW, and they were like, Oh, well we can't put our title on her because the second her contract expires, she's obviously going to leave yeah. and go to AEW. So let's just kind of keep her in a holding pattern. I didn't watch this, but I read secondhand that she and somebody else, like she was in a, if you lose, you have to stay in the NWA match. Like she couldn't go freelance anymore. And the P- I don't know if that's true or not, but the people I heard it from were like, that kind of says a lot about her position in the company. Doesn't Yeah. And that the stipulation is you're not allowed to go freelance in AEW anymore if you lose or whatever.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Huh? But here's the thing. This is
0: the other big thing I think we're going to talk about this week. Cause you know, we're recapping the pay-per-view. I frankly barely watched dynamite cause I was kind of having to come down from the other show <laughs> and I assume you don't have a topic, maybe you do. <laughs> Surprise me. No, but of course not. The other big thing that I figured we would talk about this week is that WWE is just cutting people again, y'all.
1: Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we definitely need to talk about that. That's for um That's for sure. Uh Yeah, man, that's I... weird. That's just it's it's so bizarre. <laughs> like this list, okay, so I I have like an updated list of everyone released this year. Like, this is okay. not just this most recent one, but just the, the the names on this thing Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Ruby Riot, Lana, Buddy Murphy, Santana, uh, Santana Garrett, Velveteen Dream, Jessamine Duke, uh, Vanessa Bourne, Skylar Story, Ezra Judge, Alexander Wolf, um, Kavita Devon, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Kalisto, Bo Dallas. Wesley Blake, Mojo Raleigh, Andrade, Big Show, Steve Cutler, and Lars Sullivan. The, I mean, I don't have a list of like years of, you know, released superstars. This has to be the most major stars released in a single year in the history of WWE. It has to be. It sure feels like it. Like, that's I, insane. The, that's now, an insane the one number thing- of people. Now, I'm going to nitpick here just
0: for half a second, even though it doesn't matter because the point is the same. Daniel Bryan's contract expired. He wasn't cut. Everyone else was cut. But still, he's not there anymore. He's not under contract. Now, this was the one that made me kind of snap for a second when I read all those names because the the popular Internet theory is that Vince is going to – Vince is tired. He's done. He's going to sell the company for – 50 billion dollars to comcast or some other major conglomerate or whatever and the reason you know you see that because some of the names on that list like okay the iconics are great But it's not that inconceivable that Vince doesn't know what to do with a great women's tag team. Sure. So they get released. Some of those names, like Velveteen Dream, he's good, but he hasn't been on TV in a while. He's got some other extracurricular issues. Sure. Jessamyn Duke, NXT, doesn't get that much screen time. Like, some of these names you see and you're like, okay, I can see why. Right. Sure. And then you get to this week, and they're like Braun Strowman, not quite the most Vince McMahon wrestler of all time, but certainly fits that archetype. And they're like, nah, nah, don't need him. Nope. And it's like, he's been on television. Somebody, one of my friends who doesn't watch wrestling saw that I had tweeted something about it and said, wasn't he like a big deal at WWE? And I checked because <laughs> I haven't, you know, I haven't followed super closely since WrestleMania, but I checked to make sure I was right. And I was, he was in a title match the night after WrestleMania and the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. Mm. Mm -hmm. That was the last pay-per-view. And then they cut him. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can think of that's sort of on that level of recent use was when they had Daniel Bryan in a feud with Big Cass. Yeah, Had Daniel Bryan beat him clean as a whistle at a pay-per-view, like a B-level pay-per-view, and then cut him the next day. (laughs) But even then, you could see, like, okay, they have nothing for this guy anymore. They fired his tag team partner years ago. He's done. Yeah, But, like, Man, it it just – I had this whole thread on Twitter about it, right, where I said, look, if you were to sell the company, it makes a lot of sense to bring in new executives who have a history of working with other talent, other companies, other sort of multimedia corporate what schmozzy nonsense, right? Like not wrestling businessmen. And then you fire – you cut all these different wrestlers. You go on the road again. So you start making touring money. You have a big show at Las Vegas for SummerSlam. You look at how much money you recorded in the last two quarters when you cut costs and had all this money coming in the door. And then you go to Disney and you're like, hey, what's up? Doesn't this look pretty good? How about $30 billion or whatever? That makes sense. And other people who know more about this than I do have pointed out reasons it doesn't make sense. But the other thing that also makes a lot of sense Is that one of these new executives they hired looked around and said, wait, you're paying these guys how much? And your talent acquisition strategy for like the last, I don't know, four years has been hire everyone and pay everyone like double their market value and then just don't use them on television. Yeah, that's insane. We have to stop doing that. So you're definitely right that that's easily like the most people we've seen cut or released. I mean, that I can think of certainly since I started watching and I can't think of another time in history this has happened. But they have a lot of people to cut now, and I wouldn't be surprised if they cut some more
1: because yeah.
0: it's a real bloated roster. It's it's frustrating, but it, it's interesting to be on the other side of this and think, well, maybe I'll finally get to see Aleister Black do something cool. Like it's easy to complain WWE has all this talent and doesn't do anything with them. And then they fire them, and we complain about that, too. But, like, if this means Buddy Murphy gets to do something crazy in Japan that I can watch, like, I'm okay with that. It's annoying, don't get me wrong, that WWE can't use these people. But if they can't or won't use them, at least they're letting them go, finally. Like, that's yeah. that's not the worst change in direction, especially if, you know, we see some of them show up in NWA. Because I think NWA could use them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Alister Black; he's a little too weird. But you know, I can see <laughs> Buddy Murphy doing a really good job there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It would be that. wild if they were like NWA Champion, Velveteen Dream. Let's go! Like,
1: I'm just, just waiting really... on Bo Dallas to show up. Bo Dallas shows up NWA. Yes, I'm paying oh, for it every week. Like if they want me to to, mm-hmm. to start paying for wrestling every week, get Bo Dallas in there because I'm about to bow absolutely all over all over the NWA. Oh, man. Can you, dude, him and, um, how perfect that would fit. That would fit so perfectly.
0: It would. And I was trying to think of the most perfect fit out of the releases and yeah, it's him. You nailed it. It's, you know what it is? It's him and Aaron Stevens going back and forth. That's what I want to (laughs) see.
1: Oh, I want that so bad.
0: No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. If he's still wrestling, if he's, if he's not retired, my word, I would love to see that.
1: That'd be great. Yeah. So, okay. So well, that's great. yeah.
0: That's the dream. Um, the iconics would be a lot of fun. I'm not sure there's enough women to keep them busy full time. Yeah. Let me see. I don't. It, we're now at this weird point where I think we can both agree. Like, they don't all need to go to AEW. AEW is no. pretty stacked right now, and they're, uh, they're they're rapidly approaching kind of the same problem. They already
1: have it because they have even less product for people to wrestle on than WWE. Yep.
0: That's true. And we don't watch two of their three shows. No, so.
1: no, we don't. <laughs> they're probably great. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. I've, I've, I've oh, watched okay. Dark before. They're like three hours long. Like Dark's yeah. like three hours long. I and mean, it's just I was... a billion matches of everyone else that you never see get to do anything else, which is good for them. You know, they're because part right, of their yeah. thing, they're kind of trying to do a little bit of the WWE model of the performance center not not that established but that's kind of one of their things is like they're hiring a lot of young indie talent mm-hmm. and then they're pairing mm-hmm. them with Dustin and some of these other people and that's and and it's honestly like training half the time so yeah. that that is a big element of of what kind of that show is but it, to me it's not really that fun to watch
0: well especially i mean it really is like I think you're right and I respect them for doing it. I think it's a smart way to meet and like build goodwill with young talent, but it's basically like NXT dark matches or even something like main event where it's like, Hey, we're going to have these people come out. They're going to cut a promo on one another and then they're going to have a match or they're going to cut a promo this week, have a match next week. Like it's just lower card matches for the sake of, you know, getting talent integrated, letting them work with established veterans giving them reps basically, yeah, yep. which is good. Yep. And like, if I were in Jacksonville, I'd probably go see that a lot. Cause I think that could sure. be a lot of fun, but yeah. yeah, I haven't, I'd be lying if I told you I tuned in for a lot of, but yeah. Bo Dallas to NWA. That's what we need to manifest. We need yes. to make that happen. Yes. There's a few other floaters out there. If they could pick them up, that would be great. Cause, uh, Samoa we'll Joe and this.
1: NWA would be awesome too. Mm,
0: there we go. Although that's, yes, c- that's
1: unfair because just Samoa Joe in general would be awesome anywhere. So that doesn't, you know, really Oh man. But I still, what are the odds we get him really come well?
0: back and we, I just, I, I still want to see Scott Steiner in there, man. I want to see him trying to Trying to speak coherently every week. I'll tune in for that. Oh, we almost had it.
1: Time. We did, we we had
0: it. He was supposed to be there before the show that got shut down, right?
1: Well, he was on a couple of shows, remember?
0: But we weren't there. Right. <laughs> it was well, like right. a handful See, of ones the we weren't at. Yeah, man. Give me a Scott Steiner senior Joe feud in N W A. That'll <laughs> that'll give me to tune in.
1: No, nah, he's, he's got he's got his name, man.
0: He's got his what?
1: Samoa Joe has his name. It's not. He doesn't have to be called Senior Joe.
0: Senior Joe. No, I know. I'm just talking about the uh, Steiner Math promo. I wasn't concerned about. I wasn't. I wasn't doing that impact thing. Like I told you, like Sapphire Ruckus is in the impact zone. It's not going to be anything like that. And I know she already has an indie name. Ruby Riot is Heidi Lovelace in the indies. But I just. I love that. I love that line so much. That Mm -hmm. same bit that every (laughs) wrestling fan has been doing for 10 years.
1: Uh, Yeah. Red kerfuffle. Red kerfuffle.
0: That's also good. That's really good. I like that one better.
1: Kerfuffle. If you can insert it anywhere, it's an immediate improvement to whatever you're talking about. That's Bill. (laughs) That's Bill Houston's music.
0: (laughs) Believe. (laughs) <laughs> believe mark
1: uh, Oh, that's good too that would be that would be funny
0: <laughs> yeah see we could do, honestly we could do this for an hour we gotta we gotta bring this thing that's a good point
1: it's a good point okay it's a good point. anyway so, so a bunch of releases that's about, all weird so now uh yep, yeah moving on sad. um is there anything yep. else we want to talk about before we talk about double or nothing
0: um no not that i can think of Okay. Oh, yeah. David Arquette, please be in the N.W.A. That's it. All right. Moving on.
1: Yeah, that needs to happen. The fact that that hasn't happened yet is ridiculous. (sighs) Maybe
0: with travel opening back up again, you know, for the last year, it's done. I don't know. Anyway, 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 double or nothing. How do we want to start this? You want I to just no run down idea. the card? You want me to tell you a little bit? About I, want my experience? To, uh, yeah, so, I want
1: you to talk about your experience of, of going to an AEW show and uh, the first uh, post-COVID wrestling show.
0: Okay, so that was awesome. The first, like, it's one thing I think in AEW, I think the crowds are a little more indie-rific and a little more rowdy anyway, something kind of comparable to an NXT show. But I think even more so because if you're a casual fan, you're even less likely to get a ticket to something like this, where it's the startup company that not as many fans know about, and it's in a really small venue. This was a lot of real hardcore wrestling fans, is my point. And it was an absolute blast. Everybody, there there was this very real energy in the building. And you could sense it a little bit on the dynamite before. Mm-hmm. The Friday night before Double or Nothing, because that was technically back at full capacity, too. But it, it it's that same build. It just wasn't quite at its peak yet, like it would be Sunday night. But it was an absolute blast, man. And I was—we'll talk about this when we go match by match. But I was really impressed. You know, it, I feel like hardcore wrestling fans can be very fickle or very annoying or very easily make the show about themselves if they want to. Like, if this had been a WWE show, I think the crowd would have annoyed me a lot more. But they, <laughs> there's so much goodwill yeah. with AEW at this point that fans were willing to play along with pretty much everything. And like yeah. I said, we can get into specifics later. But even the matches where you could tell, they were like, okay, we're not that interested in this. And you could hear some you know, smart asses around us like heckling a little bit and stuff. Everyone pretty much agreed to either play along or just sit down and shut up. Yeah. Instead of like hijacking the show, booing baby faces, chanting for themselves or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like pure. And that was was one of the best things. High energy. That was one of the that's one of the best things about going to those NWA tapings because it's very like there's Mm -hmm, just this mm -hmm. mutual understanding of like, look, we're a part of the show. There's like 300 of us here. You know, they need us to make the show. You know, more exciting. And so, like, we're, we're here for it. Like we're, we are here and we are cooperating with the show. Cause we respect it and it makes it better. Like, and I feel like that's a similar exactly. mentality that uh, I would say a majority of AEW fans have even still. And so it, it just, I don't know. There's just more of a mutual, like, cause like with WWE, you know, they don't give two craps about you as a fan at all. And so that's where a lot of that comes from, but from everything we've seen from NWA and a- and AEW, that's not the vibe. Like, that's not the experience we've had as fans yet at this point. Like, at this point, these companies clearly embrace the fans, and it's, it's just a different element. And so, therefore, the fans are better to the product than, than you get from something yeah. like WWE.
0: Exactly. And there's a very real, for both of those companies there's an underdog vibe. It's right not, and i'm only mentioning those two because those are just the company. two
1: that we have personal experience with i know there's other companies like correct that too, yeah but.
0: yeah exactly exactly i haven't been to a whole lot of shikara shows or right or so,
1: mlw shows it, there's this real
0: yeah yeah there's this real underdog mentality where in wwe you're like look you're getting paid three billion dollars from nbc uh, unless everyone here is feeling the exact same way and like an alignment of the stars that only happens every few years, it doesn't really matter to you yeah. whether or not I like this show. But with AEW and NWA, you feel that underdog mentality. This is a company that you want to like, that wants you to like their show and to have a good time. And is frankly more towards people like and us.
1: Sometimes to their detriment, but for the most time, yeah. for the most, for most, you know, for for... <laughs> most of the time it's, it's, it's successful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that was a lot of fun. I was kind of pleasantly surprised because I feel like it could have gotten annoying in a hurry and it never did. And the other thing that I really love about this, I really think like the only wrestling show we've had with a real live rowdy and excited crowd, I mean, in like the last year has been WrestleMania, right? Which was also for me just as exciting for the same reason, but it, I just can't emphasize enough how much better wrestling is with a crowd because the crowd is the third part of the show. Like we are sounds obnoxious, but like we are literally just, the crowd is literally just as important as the two people in the ring because everything they do is built off of playing to the crowd. And if you don't have that, then you're just watching two people wrestle Have a clearly fake fight in an empty room surrounded by television monitors. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. It's not the same, you know? And they've, they've tried to find ways to make it work, but there's just nothing like being there in the building Mm -hmm. and seeing everything they do be tailored to you and a million little moments and a lot of really fun spots and crowd moments. It, It was a blast, dude. It was one of the most fun times I've ever had at a wrestling show and just the sense of, energy but positive energy like it was just it, there was a lot of joy in there and it wasn't quite like i don't know it wasn't like like the show after 9 11 or anything yeah. like it wasn't quite as hey we did this and made it through as i thought it might be i think because everyone's covid protocols have been un like have been releasing for a long time now right and this felt more like a natural next step than like this big triumph but sure. Man, it felt good, and you felt appreciated by the people there. And again, we can talk about this a little more later, but like, this is the first time that I really remember the clearly post-show, just for the viewers in the crowd promo. Mm -hmm. like That stuck with me, but after the Inner Circle match, Jericho was just kind of talking to us for a while, and that just felt so cool, and that was such a great moment to be there for their first pay-per-view and hear him talking about it and no like this is just for like the 4000 people here this is like the purest pro wrestling of the evening is him just cutting this promo for us right now yep and us all cheering for it that was so fun it, it was a blast shout out to a couple people um there was a kid next to me which is always great that's exactly what you want when you go to a pro wrestling show who was rooting really loudly and annoyingly not for like cody Rhodes or hangman page or like you know like the john cena equivalents uh but for the young bucks and kenny omega because (laughs) clearly like and you could tell what it was it was his dad loves the elite right presumably because he's been following them for years you know when they were like the only viable alternative to wwe or whatever and he's still a big fan of both of them and that's who he grew up liking so he's cheering for the young bucks and kenny omega which was funny because they're the worst. Like they're really right. obnoxious heels in-, in kayfabe, and this kid just didn't care because his dad loved them. So that was sweet. And I liked that. Um, the other guy, a few seats in front of us got absolutely hammered or was on drugs or something, had his shirt off like the entire last hour and a half of the match. And when he was really feeling himself, he wasn't cheering. He would stand up and just pose. Like like a surfer or something like there was a little we were right behind the tunnel and there's a little partition of, you know, like plexiglass slightly above the tunnel. So you can't just lean right over it. He would balance one foot on his chair and one foot on the plexiglass and just stand like with his knees splayed pointing at the ring when there was a sequence (laughs) that he was really, really feeling like a near fall or like a really crazy submission or something. And nobody behind him could see, so he got yelled at a lot. But he was in his own world and just did not care. I really thought he was going to fall straight into the concourse below us, just absolutely eat it. He never did. I, I hope he wasn't driving home, but he was very, very funny. Mostly because he wasn't sitting in front of me. But right. that it wasn't too bad, it, it, as far as that goes. Like There was one guy in front of us who had this really annoying instinct. He was in the front row of the second section. And like every match at a pivotal sequence, he would stand up and try to film it on his phone. And he was like six foot three. So nobody in the 200 level could see over his dumb head. So people are yelling at him and cussing him out from like the back row. Completely oblivious. He didn't care. He just kept on doing his thing. But that was the worst of it, you know. And (laughs) I was a little apprehensive that we would get something like, you know, like Hikaru Shida getting booed because everyone was super over for Britt Baker, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, But there was nothing like that. Like everyone either played along or just kind of sat down and got on their phone. But nobody tried to hijack the show right? because everybody understood this was something we were lucky to be at. And it's not really about ourselves. It's about being a part of and hoping we can elevate this product. And I think that that's really what happened. It was a blast.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome.
0: Downtown Jacksonville, by the way, ghost town. It was super weird because the only other time I've ever been there was for the Georgia-Florida game. I don't think anyone lives there when it's not the Georgia-Florida game. We walked like a mile from our hotel to the venue. Barely, All we saw were teenagers on those little scooters. Those are the only people in Jacksonville. It's just the city of street rats on Hmm. those little e-scooters that you ride for like a quarter.
1: And then we walked back
0: in the middle of the night, which I was a little anxious about. Nothing. It, it was just us and like a dozen other wrestling fans walking back to the same hotel. Nothing. Like one bar we walked past was open. Super weird. Jacksonville, you're a terrible city. I hate you. But it was a fun wrestling
1: show. That's good. Yeah, I, I'm not a. I do not like Jacksonville at all. But mm-hmm. that's neither here nor mm-hmm. there. Um, but uh, but yeah. But that's that's fun. That's fun. I don't know. Anything else about your uh, experience going down that you want to talk about?
0: Not really. I I love like normally when I wear wrestling t-shirts, this is not specific to the show. This is just something I noticed. And I like normally you wear wrestling t-shirts and kind of expect no one to pick up on it. Unless maybe like if I'm wearing a John Cena shirt or something more vintage, like if I wear an Austin three sixteen shirt, maybe one person will say something. Right. But it's great to go to a wrestling show wearing, I wore that NWA t-shirt with just the black, like logo white and yellow circle. And to get multiple people to be like, ooh, I like that shirt. And in like a, ooh, I I don't own that one.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I
0: told my friend jokingly, I was like, just wait and see how many Bullet Club t-shirts you see here. Like count them. Mm -hmm. And there weren't that many because there was such a wide variety of like different people representing different things. And I don't think I saw too many people wearing the same shirts all night, which is a huge, you you know, I think it's a testament to AEW and – Also, the nature of the fans, that every fan is like, well, let me try to support this one aspect of this show that I really like in a unique way. That was a lot of fun, and I wasn't really expecting that, but I got a lot of like respect for the NWA, which, you know, I try. It's a great brand, everybody. You should Mm -hmm. follow it. We don't even watch it, but you know what I mean? We
1: support it in person. I think –
0: yeah, exactly. So th- th- that's just the only other thing. Like that sense of joy and community in this really weird niche thing, especially like I said, when we take over the ghost town that is Jacksonville and it's just all of us and like probably 2,000 of those 4,000 people, it felt like all had different wrestling shirts on and we're all <laughs> doing our own different things. Super super fun. Uh I think that's it as far as like my general experience, I mean, I probably rambled about that a little bit too much, but you want to just go ahead and kind of go through it match by match. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to the, um, the buy-in. We got there like right at seven 30 and immediately went to go get food and beer. So we did not, uh, didn't sit down and watch the NWA women's title
1: match. Ironically, wearing the, NWA. so if you have any strong feelings about that, wearing, wearing the NWA shirt. Yep. Yep. Well done. Exactly. Exactly.
0: It wasn't Thunder Rosa or anything. I mean, we all knew Serena yeah. Deeb wasn't losing that. Well,
1: so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Um but no, I mean it was fine. It, it was it was a good match. I only caught the last half of it. Um but uh but yeah, it was fine. Just Serena Deeb's just so good. She's so good in the ring that um I don't know, it's nice that she's kinda getting this title run right now. But uh mm-hmm. but yeah, it it was fine. You know, it was what it was, especially for a match when you no, you know, know what the result's gonna be beforehand, you know. But they had they had a couple of good right. false finish spots, and Rio looked good. So yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a good match for what it was. Yeah. Um. All right. So Paige Cage, first first match of the night, or the rematch that no one knew the result of this match ahead of time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Paige gets his win back over uh, Brian Cage from couple weeks ago I thought it was good
0: it was a great opener like yeah. that's one of the that's there the one thing
1: matches. AEW has nailed that they have nailed the opener of a sh- like the opening of shows because I think I can remember two maybe three ever dynamite episodes that don't immediately start with the entrances for the opening match that, that's how mm-hmm. they start every show. It's Jr. welcoming everybody and then right into the first entrance. And then the first 10 to 15 minutes of every show is a non interrupted, no commercial break wrestling match. And it's it's always fast paced, always hard, hard hitting. It's the, it's just the perfect way to start your wrestling show. And they do it every week. And it's great. And so this was another one of those. It's just perfectly done for where it's placed on the card. And they just went out there and they beat the crap out of each other. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was what we wanted from those two. guys. Yeah,
0: it was absolutely. And it's like there weren't many matches on this card that could have been divisive or like turned into a distraction from the fans. Right. But this was probably the purest. Everybody here is behind hangman page moment. Yeah. you, You know what I mean? Like, it's a great way to start. The crowd's hot and we've been waiting for a year to cheer, you know, for for a match like this. The guy behind me, by the way, shout out to him as well. Called this almost to a T. Like as they were making their entrances, he was like, Yeah, Brian Cage told those other guys not to interfere, so I think they interfere and he turns face here. Nice. And that's almost exactly what happened. He's yeah. still in Team Taz. But as soon as they came out, I was like, no way. And then he was like, you know, he lost it, but he chased them off or whatever. And I was like, okay, that guy's good. He's, he's, <laughs> he's been around a time or two because I was I, – I don't know. I don't think I thought Team Taz was capable of interesting me yeah. at this point. It's I've No always offense liked to them. them. They're all very talented or whatever. I've but always liked them. Coming yeah. away from that, I was like, all right, I'm interested in what happens with Brian Cage and Team Taz now.
1: Yeah. yeah, pa- yeah. Like, Cage yeah, is about, yeah, to, that was, about to be a big – Big time baby face, which will be, which will be fun. it will be interesting.
0: I'm curious to see how it goes, but yeah, great banger of a start to the match, to the show. Had Mm -hmm. a really good time with this one.
1: Yep. And they're just, they're just keeping, they're just keeping page warm. They're just, he's just sitting there on the stove, just on like low. And they're just waiting for whatever they've (laughs) decided will be the next big title type thing. So it'll be interesting to see how long they wait and, how many other things you know in between here and all out that that they do when is
0: now remind me when is all out it's in, in september in, i believe september interesting i think it's okay, usually yeah That in makes september. it's like early september i think yeah yeah see what i was thinking is it's possible this is the beginning of them heating him up again mm-hmm. and oh yeah we'll yeah, talk yeah. about this we'll talk about this guy a little bit later but like he is wrestling andrade for the at Triple Mania for the AAA title,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and depending on how they book, well, that, Ken- I mean, Kenny is.
1: Kenny is. Yes, that's oh, who okay. I'm. In.
0: I'm sorry, I, I skipped ahead.
1: Gotcha. Kenny Omega
0: is wrestling him for the AAA title at, which is, I believe, in August, like mid to yeah. late August. Yeah. So if you're AEW, do you want to try to shotgun the Hangman Page feud before then? If you have another big show, maybe not, but. I would expect Kenny Omega to lose that title. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how they keep him looking like a killer and unbeatable. And also Mexico can have their championship because <laughs> <packed. laughs> I feel like they probably yeah. want to put that on Andrade if they're any good at booking at all. Right. I don't know. So that's, we'll talk about that more as we go, but yeah, I think this is, I think it's going to be the, uh, summer of hangman for less of a catchy way to put it. I think he's about to start heating up again real proper.
1: Yeah. I could see that. I could definitely see that but uh so that was that was fun um everything about that was enjoyable uh then we went right into the tag team title match with everyone's favorite young bucks and uh, moxley and eddie kingston and uh it's funny as much as i hate the young bucks this was a match i was 100 rooting for the young bucks to win because i just did not i don't like the idea of moxley and kingston being tag team champions especially not right now so I thought they did a good job. They put on a good match. You know, I mean, everyone's really good in there. So they, they were able to do that. And I thought they put on a really fun match. It was a much better young bucks match than I've seen in probably like, I don't know, a year, year and a half. It might be my favorite young bucks match. The revival one probably would have been if they didn't completely Mm -hmm. ruin it with the worst booking decision, probably AEW's ever made. But, uh, until then, that was a, that was a good match. Um, but just most of the time the Young Bucks matches just, just piss me off and with a lot of things. Especially their bigger matches. And uh, obviously everyone else just, you know, drools all over them every time they have a match, and now this one's the next mm-hmm. match of the year and all this BS. But I thought mm-hmm. this was a lot of fun. Especially with the way the Young Bucks matches. Not usually a huge fan of. I thought this was uh I thought and, and it's because of Moxley and Kingston, but it um I enjoyed the, I enjoyed this match a lot, and I thought it was well done, and it was good back and forth, and keep the titles for now on the Young Bucks, and yeah, I thought everything about it was was done well.
0: Yeah, I love this match. I wasn't really expecting to, but shout out to the Young Bucks for having like what should be a really babyface offensive arsenal, yeah, and making it work as heels by just being the worst, sure, just being so obnoxious and like. Landing almost a sarcastic amount of flippy moves and fancy kicks Mm -hmm. that it just makes them even more annoying. I don't know how they pulled that off, but they did. The fact that they were healing it up very, very well and the kid next to me who was probably like nine was rooting for them really, really hard was great because it's really fun to like righteously root against somebody. It felt like a real sporting event. Like going to, like, you know, a Hawks-Knicks game or something and sitting next to somebody who really likes the Knicks. I got super into this match. I love so much. The spot – and I I bet on a few false finishers here that maybe, like, if I was thinking I shouldn't have because I wasn't thinking, oh, they really shouldn't hold the titles because they're not a proper tag team. All I was thinking is these guys are annoying and I want them to lose – and John Moxley's really tough. Moxley spent, I feel like, half that fight just manhandling both of them.
1: Well, you know why? And I
0: loved that so Which much. Which is
1: also one thing it's I want to mention about. So, I, I, yep. did, I did a good job of being positive with this match mm-hmm. as much as possible. Okay. But, that does not excuse the fact that AEW, for all of their BS about this is wrestling... And this is a sport and all this other crap. And we have a ranking system, all this stuff. <laughs> there are no tag team rules. Harris. none. Zero. The Young Bucks made zero tags that entire match. 20 minutes, both of them in the ring the entire time. And and Knox is just like, ah, no, this is fine. <laughs> Didn't even attempt one count. And then, and then at one point, everyone was down on the canvas. And now the ref is counting. And we're like, what? Why? Why now? Why, why are we counting now? We we don't even do tags. There's there's no counting okay. in this match. Clearly, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Ugh, drives me crazy. This I hate is it something so much. I
0: heard a lot of people complain about specifically in this tag match, where you know there's more rules that theoretically should be enforced.
1: There's like three. Well, that's it. Right. There's not, not a lot more of than, rules. You know,
0: that's more than like the triple threat. Ugh.
1: I've
0: I gotta be honest. Live, it, like you can tell, it's chaos. But apparently commentary was, like, pointing out how bad the ref was, and that just made it worse for everybody. I don't Live, care. There was enough chaos going I was on like, at any please, given time for me it. to, like I – spent, I spent a lot of time vaguely thinking, who the heck is the legal man here? I'm pretty sure they don't know. Like, there's no, no. way the ref
1: knows. No, no.
0: But I knows. was so into the match, and I didn't have to listen to commentary keep pointing it out. That I didn't mind. So, that I will say, I, I think it was better to watch live for that reason because it was just vaguely chaotic. Right. Instead but that's of very problem, annoyingly specific. Inherently, chaotic.
1: that's the problem with this stuff, yeah. is that's the yeah. way the stupid live crowds feel. So then they come backstage like, oh, that's great. And then they just keep doing BS like that. I
0: that's think you're the onto problem. something there. I mean, there's a reason why this indie wrestling is done the way it's done.
1: There's a reason why indie wrestling is done the way it's done. Yeah. And it's different when you're now on TV. Yeah. Again, we've talked about this a lot as far as the young bucks in general, but it's just oh, it's just so it's just so insulting as a wrestling fan. You're already having to suspend a, a bunch because it's fake fighting that you're watching people do. Right. And then when they just constantly bash you in the face with how dumb what they're doing is, hmm. it's just really it's it's impossible to not just be annoyed. It, it just is, at least for me. It's just like, just don't, just don't insult me. And it's even worse with with AEW than it is with some others because they've made such a big deal about being, you know, how all these different things that they're trying to do to be different and to change things and make it seem, you know, more legitimate, I guess, for lack of a better term and stuff like that. And then they do crap like this and you're just like, that's, it's like doubly insulting now. It's like, I'm already on board. Like, Just don't rub it in. You know, it's like one of those type of things. And uh, just, it's Mm -hmm. so frustrating. The match was still good, but it's, it's just, uh, it's like, it just doesn't seem that difficult to me. It it just doesn't seem that difficult, but I guess it is. I guess it is.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you, I I think you nailed it. That's the kind of thing that plays really well for a live crowd, which is what the young bucks have spent most of their career doing. Right. They're not going to change it. They are not the kind – this is why, like, the feud with them and FTR should have been so good. They are not a stand on the side of the ring, hold the ropes, cut the ring in half sort of tag team.
1: Nope. they're We're just so, both going to attack you the whole time because the refs aren't going to enforce like any that. rules on us.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so I get all that. That being said, live, it was super fun to watch. My favorite part and genuinely one of my moments of the evening, they hit Moxley with, like – four or five super kicks. Like they did that stupid super kick party thing, mm-hmm. go to pin him and he kicks out at one. I mm-hmm. lost it, Mark. Mm-hmm. That made me so happy because I hate the young bucks and I hate their stupid super kicks that they hit all the time. And they're clearly bad at them. And that's why he was <laughs> able to kick out of one at one. This confirms my theory, Mark. It all fits. They're mm. not that good at super kicks. That's why they hit so many of them. It's just not effective <laughs> offense for them.
1: It's a good point. That's uh. That That's was I point.
0: genuinely I, I freaked out for that because I did not think they would let him look that strong, and also ultimately eat the pin. I, I was really into a lot of that.
1: Yeah, that was I, I'm that fine was with him eating the
0: pin because because he well and he he still looks fine because he sure, was getting sure. double teamed the entire match. <laughs> and yeah, poor Eddie Kingston, he can only eat so many pinfalls. So I was super into pretty much all of that. I'm glad I didn't watch it at home because I feel like it would have annoyed me a lot more, but live kind of my sleep, like, that was my surprise match of the night. I wasn't expecting to get that into it, but I really did.
1: Yeah. That's fair. That's cool. Um, alright, yeah, so that match, that match happened, we had the Casino Battle Royal, which was, uh, I mean, look, th- this isn't a great match. I, I don't, I mean, it's like, we, we've, we've talked about this before, it's very difficult to create another Royal Rumble. It's pretty much impossible, and you know that th- this is their attempt at it i think it's very convoluted match type but uh <laughs> but i mean it's fine it's not bad it's different and it's interesting but uh i was just so happy they finally gave jungle boy a win um in something like this cuz they they teased it a couple times the the last one he was second um so it's, I, I, that's the main reason why I really like this match is just because they actually gave Jungle Boy the win, which I was super, super over for. So that was, uh, that was great, especially because I picked him to win this match. I picked every single match correctly until the Darby Sting tag team match. Um, I picked every other match perfect on the entire show, which I was pretty happy about, including the winner of the Casino Battle Royal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, but it was fine. I don't know what it was like live. But it's you know, it's just it is what it is. It's it's better than the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So I guess if there's any anything to say about it, it's definitely far, far better than that.
0: Oh, this was my moment of the night.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the end was considering
0: I it was incredible, dude. It was I didn't talk about it in my high level overview because I wanted to wait till now one of my favorite things I've ever seen at a wrestling show. And I went in as somebody who's like, I, I like jungle boy because he's in a tag team with a guy named Luchasaurus and it's called Jurassic express. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. I I didn't, I don't know that much about him as a singles competitor. I knew you picked him. So I knew like, okay, like, yeah, he's he's got this underground swell of support and that nah, could be awesome. fun. Like that's something to keep Have an not eye seen on. But seeing like, him
1: wrestle, like he's by I've far seen him he's some, he's but... probably the most fun wrestler to watch in all of AEW as far as like actually in the ring, especially when he's in there with someone else. Like his matches with MJF might be some of my favorite I've ever seen in the company. Like cuz those are just two guys who just can go. Now, the funny thing, the great part about MJF is he doesn't because he's a heel. So he doesn't mm-hmm. go. When he wrestles like it's like, right, it, it makes it's a whole nother level. And we can talk about it a little bit later with the, the pinnacle match, but it's one of the things that makes MJF even better than that. <laughs> it's like that whole extra level of commitment to being a heel where he will actively not be exciting and fun as a wrestler on purpose because he's the worst. And that's a whole, that's the whole vibe and just nobody has the balls to do that anymore. And it's, it's, it goes above and beyond being the 100% heal all the time. That's a big part of it too, which people don't do either, but it's also the way you wrestle. Like when you can go, it's the reason why it pisses me off when Lance Archer walks across the top of the rope and backflips into a DDT or what, or a onto someone. I'm like, what? I mean, yeah, that's very cool, man. That's, Awesome that you can do that, but why you're six foot 10, 300 pounds, like you can slap someone across the face and knock them out. Like, yeah. And it's it's, just, that's one of the things where I'm going into JR's cranky old man type thing with some of that stuff, but I think it's legitimate and it's one of the things that kind of annoys me. Brian cage does it too sometimes, which is a little, and again, I get it, but MJF is the perfect like he's the he's the poster child of being a heel as far as stuff like that goes, because when he does wrestle, he's amazing and he's one of the best in the entire company. But he's never talked about like that because he overshadows it with the character, which nobody has the balls to do anymore. So it's very impressive. We can talk about MJF yeah, a bit I- later, but that's just but but my point is, I guess, with the Jungle Boy thing if I just went on a tangent talking about Jungle Boy wrestling <laughs> But, uh, anyway, the, the point is jungle Boy's phenomenal and he's great. And I love him as a singles wrestler. And I love him with, uh, with Luchasaurus, but finally seeing him get that was fantastic. And now I just hope it's not the case of, all right, now he gets a title. Now he wrestles on what they wrestle for the title next week on Wednesday. I think
0: they actually, they pushed it because they were going to get impacted by the, um, by the playoffs again. So I don't think it's until like the end of June.
1: Okay. But it'll okay, it's going to be on
0: an episode of Dynamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but I feel like the, Here's the thing, the best case scenario I think is that he puts on a great singles match for people like me who know who he is and like him but haven't yeah. seen him.
1: Oh man, him and Kenny Omega much, and is going to be good, fantastic. But, yeah. It's going to be awesome. So I'm very excited for
0: that, but here's like when it got down so I was aware of that. Like I knew you picked him and I know he's good and I know a lot of people like him. And I like him, but I don't have any – I didn't know that much about him. When it got down to him and Christian, I was like, oh, well, of course. Like this is what I thought – the conventional wisdom is you give it to Christian Cage and he has like a one-off for the belt because he just got here. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of those things where like Jungle Boy, oh, man, you almost had it, kid. You're really good. But that's I, you been know, his time. thing
1: for the past year and a half.
0: Right. Well, I thought they were just going to keep doing that because that's like who he is or whatever. But no, they just pulled the trigger yeah, and had him beat Christian Cage, who played his role absolutely perfectly, yes, by the way. Did. He crushed it. I also love they did some really delicate work at the end on the apron where if either one of them had messed up, it would have really botched the match. <laughs> but I love the bit where he goes to throw him off. He gets a running start and he like Tarzan swings around the ring post.
1: Well, he did what Evil Uno failed and recovers to recovers
0: it. <laughs> right, because he slipped <laughs> off <laughs> Well, yeah, cause he's, but he's Jungle Boy right. So you're like, yeah, that makes sense He's good at swinging from stuff Of course That was so great And then I, I wasn't expecting him to win at all But the moment he actually won And the entire crowd started singing And waving our arms back and forth to Tarzan Boy That was, buying that song was maybe one of the best booking decisions that company has made <laughs> That was a moment the likes of which I have rarely experienced in a wrestling crowd before, especially when I wasn't expecting Luchasaurus to be there. Has he been hurt? He's been hurt. I I think he
1: has. I think he has. I assume that
0: that's why he wasn't in the thing in the first place. Like I I, I knew that I knew he was kind of in the background, but when like when little Marco stunt came sprinting out and jumped on top of him, like dad, you know, and then Luchasaurus came out behind him. That was such a genuinely beautiful moment from such a silly, like good, but silly tag team, silly faction. And it was just awesome. And then again, the crowd singing moment of the night and it was stuck in my head all week and it just makes me happy to go back and watch that. I don't know how much they're going to upload from this show, but at some point I will buy this Mm pay-per-view because I want to watch it again, but specifically because I want to see how that looked. Yeah. on television because in the crowd that was incredible that was a blast easily the best moment of the night for me
1: no it was it was a lot of fun it, it was great watching it especially because i i picked him to win so that was that was super exciting yeah. but uh but yeah that was awesome and it's it's so weird man i think tarzan boy is not a good entrance theme but i think it's great for but it has that you know it has the fan element to it now that makes it, you know, and that part's awesome. But as far as like an actual song to come out to a match to, eh. eh oh, yeah. I don't the, think it's if that fan, great. But if, if the fans aren't singing, aren't singing,
0: then yeah. it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, cuz it's like like, you know, the, the best thing ever. And again, we should have talked about this in the previous match. The best thing ever is Moxley now using wild thing as his entrance theme, but they changed the first time they use the Trog's version and you're like, right. This is not, this doesn't, <laughs> this just doesn't work. It, it there's, there's a level of energy that just kind of needs to be had as your entrance theme. It's not just about the music. It's also about the vibe, you know, undertaker. It's coming out to just those, those bells and that organ music. And that's mm-hmm. the vibe that you set for this character, you know, and, uh, for Moxley, the, the fifties version of wild thing where it's just, no, it's not it. So them changing it to the, the, the redone, uh, major league version made mm-hmm. all the difference and now it's fa- It's phenomenal. It's great. Um, that was a lot of fun too with, uh, their entrance. That was a great moment. Um, when Mox with Moxley and Kingston's entrance, just with, with a crowd there, like a oh, full yeah. crowd there was awesome.
0: Yeah. That was super fun.
1: But uh, but yeah, no, no. So Jungle Boy winning. Fantastic. Loved it. Was super excited, super pumped for Jungle Boy. And uh, man, him and Kenny Omega are just going to they're going to tear the house down and it's going to be awesome. So far, every time Jungle Boy's been put in one of these type of situations because he wrestled Jericho too, like a year ago um, and wrestled him to a draw like a 10 minute draw. So, I mean, he's performed every time he's been put on one of these in one of these type of matches. So, man, I cannot wait for the work rate, like the in-ring work rate between those two guys. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, coming out of this show, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to easily.
1: Yep. Yep. 100%. Um, So, uh, yeah. All right. So now we go on to the very divisive Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo match. From this interesting feud that's been going on, uh, I mean, it was what it was. People keep forgetting this is this was Anthony AgoGo's first match, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. So I, I think it's kind of funny that there's so many, especially beforehand, like you were saying, a lot of your you know a lot of the British fans and stuff like that. Saying all this stuff about, oh, yeah, Ogogo has to win and all this stuff. It's like this was his first – I think this was his first wrestling match, like yeah, actual wrestling was, match. It's like He no. was
0: technically 2-0 and o coming into the show. But, yeah, yeah. it's the first one he's ever wrestled. And in all City. these
1: people yeah. with a straight face were like, yeah, Anthony Ogogo's is going to beat Cody Rhodes. Well, I don't think
0: many people thought he would. They but just but, really he, but they thought but to. But like, they, they thought,
1: thought that he – like different. they wanted him to and thought that would be the right thing and stuff like that. It's like no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No. No. It was not. He, Cody made him look like a million bucks like I thought this match did pretty much kinda the only thing it could, and for what it was, it did the best it could. And I thought it was fine. And uh Um I I and I loved oh man. Cody Rhodes won into mat won the match with a vertebreaker. Oh, I loved it so much. So many people were pissed at this ending. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, thank goodness, we're protecting amazing wrestling moves. Vertebreaker Shane Helms one of the coolest wrestling moves ever was banned in WWE so he couldn't even use it which is still one of the funniest stories of all time is Shane Helms coming into WWF when WCW was bought out because he was the cruiserweight Uh champion And before his first match he's like in gorilla or like backstage and they're like oh yeah Uh, by the way you can't you can't use your name uh, sugar Shane Helms because you know we already have a Shane so yeah. you can't be you can't be Shane. Uh oh, oh, oh yeah. Also we don't we don't own your uh we don't own your music. So yeah, you're off to pick from these great uh songs that we have for you. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. uh you can't use your finisher. Uh yeah, so just, you know, do something else. All right, good luck. So here comes yep. Gregory Helms, the uh the champion with no gimmick, no character, and no finisher. <laughs> It's just one of the funniest stories ever. Shane talking about that. But the fact that yeah. Cody won with that Vertebraker, I, I loved it. I love it when people win with moves that aren't just their finishers. And uh, and I love that move in general. So, Because so many times, AEW is the king of just, all right, we're going to now use this move because we are just going to use all the moves. But if they're not our move, we're not going to win with it. That's just the way they do it. So Diamond Cutter's gone. <laughs> Canadian Destroyer's gone. There, there's no move. At the, the only move that exists is the one winged angel. That's it. That's the only actual protective move <laughs> in the entire company. So uh, I just, I enjoyed seeing him win with that. I liked it.
0: Yeah, that was good. And I think it's a good, like, the, the kayfabe implication, too, which is, and they, they treated this well. Like, Anthony Agogo's striking was really powerful. Right. So he would, it, it's hard to do a really good boxing spot in professional wrestling, but I think, like, Cody sold all the punches pretty well. And it was conceivable, even though he wasn't quite, like, knocked out, that a lot of damage had been done. But then he goes and wins with a really devastating wrestling move. Because, like, yeah, Anthony goes good, but he's not quite a great wrestler yet. He's just a good athlete and a good puncher. I-, I thought that was fine. It is funny to watch live because I wasn't conditioned to expect that to be the finish. So I was surprised when the match ended. I was like, oh, that was, oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. it- yeah, all right, cool. Like, it was... I was a little underwhelmed by this just because I think the build and that American Dream promo I really liked. And then the match itself was like nine minutes long. It was good. Yeah. And like you said, like Anthony Agogo is only ever going to do so much. I thought he did really well. Yeah. It just wasn't as crazy as I thought it could have been. But, you know, some of that I think is Cody setting his own bar pretty high when you think about like, you know, the match he had against like Dustin and stuff like that in the past. Mm hmm. I appreciate them saying, all right, look, Cody is feuding with members of his former faction. Let's, let's make people notice this one because nobody cares about QT Marshall. Right. And now I know, and I care about Anthony Agogo. So like, well done. It was very funny. And the the British wrestling journalists I follow were laughing about this too, that they have this match after the special Memorial day segment where they're like, Hey, we're going to celebrate the people who really died. And here's some real war veterans. And we're going to give them all, Seeing eye dogs. Anyway, Anthony, a go-go. And you're like, oh, no, he's doomed. He doesn't have a chance. (laughs) I was like, is there a chance he comes out and, like, slaps this guide dog? But they didn't do that. That's that's the level of insanity that I was really hoping for. And then they just had a pretty good wrestling match with a solid finish. So I was a little underwhelmed. But I was fine with it. This is one of the ones that you could tell the crowd was not into. Yeah. And I was a little afraid, like I said, that they would hijack everything, but they really didn't. They mostly just looked at their phones or went to the bathroom during this match. So all things (laughs) considered, like, that's not what you want. But when the alternative is everyone booing Cody Rhodes, I, I was okay with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, oh, this is
0: something, by the way, sorry, this is tangential, but I'll forget it. If I don't bring it up now, somebody else pointed out that the best possible choice for an in- eventual NWA title shot is, uh, Dustin Rhodes. And I think I have to agree with that. If he were yeah. to show up and do like a three month stint and challenge for the belt, that would be amazing. That was pretty be perfect awesome. for that brand
1: too. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That would be, yeah, that would be fantastic. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so, all right. Um, TNT title match. Miro and uh, Lance Archer. This yeah, match is funny. pretty much exactly what I was hoping for from these two guys. Yeah. I just wanted to see two big guys just beat each other up for like nine minutes. Like that's kind of. Yep. It's really all I wanted to see, and that's that's what we got. We got the two giant behemoths just super aggressive tearing each other apart for about ten minutes, and and then of yeah. course you know M- Miro's going to hold on to that thing for a while. So. Uh, you know that's just gonna happen. It, it was a little, and then I, I'm getting a little annoyed with the pass out spot. It's just it happens. It's like we see more pass outs and tap outs. I feel like nowadays, and it just kind of bugs me. But I, <laughs> uh, I mean, I get it. I just think it's a cop out, um, when it's used this often. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, it doesn't ruin anything. Just, and I, but uh, but yeah, no, I thought this was what it needed to be. It was fun back and forth brawl perfect it changed a pace with the show and everything and that's so yeah mm-hmm. I, I liked it I thought it was well done
0: yeah it's really fun to see Miro get to do the things that he's great at and be cheered for it which is something I feel like we never got in WWE either he was super over but he was kind of goofy and they would never push him yeah or he was like you know when he was a heel I mean he was a great heel and people booed him as a heel but It's great to see him be like unhinged and this monster and they pair him up instead of doing another like little guy baby face. They team him up with another monster. So everybody was cheering for Miro and he didn't change anything about the way he acted or fought, which was great. Like that was really fun. I don't know how often they're going to have him, you know, like how heelish they're going to keep him being. But it's going to be a lot of fun to just see him sort of hold steady and fight everyone from Uber babyface Darby Allen, who's, you know, five foot tall, yeah, to another monster heel like Lance Archer. I, I'm curious to see how he plays off of all sorts of different people. But I also love that he got to do the smart babyface thing for once,
1: which is <laughs>
0: catch Jake the Snake Roberts, come running down to the ring with a snake and be like, absolutely not, <laughs> and just throw the snakes out of the building. Yeah. That was great. I popped that's the kind of thing that, like, can look really dumb if you're not into it. But I popped so hard for that because I was thinking, oh, no, they're going to do the stupid interference finish thing. And then they did it. And then he won. And I like the pass out spot. I feel bad for Lance Archer because, yeah, I don't know if he's ever getting farther than this. I feel like he did this and then lost to Cody and he's going to do this yeah. and lose to Miro, too. But I also I like Miro more. So, yeah, I was super happy with this. This
1: is really <laughs> fun. Yep, I, I agree. Oh,
0: I agree. by the way, and, and just chipping in again with the current events we talked about, they're not going to sign Lana to be his manager, and that's great. I yeah. really like that. I like him talking for himself. I like him navigating his own thing. Yep. I would be interested. Like, she's gotten better. I, I would be interested in seeing how she does as a solo wrestler, but I don't. Th- I think they both know, like, it would be a mistake to bring her in and mess up that chemistry now. So that's another – That that's great. I'm really – yeah. I'm glad that's not something we have to be concerned about.
1: You know. Yep. Um, all right, women's title match: Sheeta, Britt Baker. A lot of fun, perfect ending. Baker needed to be champion. Kind of annoying that it was like a uh, babyface thing, but everyone was like, "Yeah, we need Britt Baker as champion," so that's where that came from. But uh, no, that that was that was what. They they put on exactly what we were this is another match it's kind of the through kind of a through line with this show like they the the match is pretty much delivered at least close to if not pretty much what we were hoping for most of them anyway and uh and this was another one this had a lot to live up to and I thought it did and I knew I mean obviously I knew these two guys were going to kill it cuz they're both really good and they've had some really good matches in the past and I thought they played off those really well they added in all the elements that were needed. It, they they did enough to make it feel like a big deal, like just in the course of the match as well. And then and then for the you know then for the finish with Britt Baker finally, actually winning was uh was really well done.
0: Yeah, this is the match that I was most proud of the fans because it was clear that everyone wanted Britt Baker to win. I mean, the pop she got when she came out was huge. And, you know, they they teased the video packages all night. They show the other matches left on the card. And she got a huge pop every single time. But then once um, Hikaru Shida came out, she got, like, politely cheered, which was really nice because people did not have to do that. So it was very much a, like, just general hot crowd as opposed to like baby face and heel because you're the company's babyface sort right. of vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was really fun. I I think, yeah, this was the match that everyone was the most certain of what was going to happen. But good for her, you know, when you think about how far she's come and how, like, she's kind of been penciled in for this spot and had come comeback from injury and how good she's been since the injury. Like, I, I get that we take a minute to let her have a minute. I was glad to see her come out on dynamite this week and have a very heelish yeah. championship ceremony. Yeah. But I'm like, all right. Yeah. We're getting back into that groove. That's good. So I don't begrudge her that moment. Um, does she have like, so Tony Schiavone came out and like gave her a hug. Yeah. Do they have some sort of, are they related? Is there some relationship yeah. there?
1: Are they do just you, friends? Like, do you watch AEW? But, uh, periodically clearly you don't uh this Did has been a thing for like a, a year this has been going on for like a year there was this whole bit that started i don't know if it's from i know they're friends for real and in, in real life but i don't know if it started from that or if it or if they became friends because of this but somehow this bit started on the show where like tony shivani is best friends with Britt baker which is which always clashed because tony's like a regular you know regular commentator like a babyface commentator and Britt baker has always been a heel so it was this weird dynamic of her like bullying tony around getting him to do stuff for her and they were like friends it's been a thing for like a year so that's that's where all that comes from i, and wonder I don't if know I just how missed... you don't know that
0: i don't know well because i know she bullies him but i always thought that was just her being a heel and him being a face i didn't know mm-hmm. that i That's so weird. Yeah. I I wonder if like, I just missed the beginning of that and just assumed it was kayfabe heel and face stuff going on. I never knew they were like, I never knew that was the storyline at all. I was like, is Tony Schiavone her dad? Like what is happening? (laughs) Why are they, what is that? (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, I'll have to pay more attention to that in the future. I guess I was really, I was like, that's nice, but it's a little confusing. Yeah. Anyway, no, it was, it was a good match. It was a good moment. And, four a match that everyone in the building knew one person was going to win. It was a ton of fun.
1: That's mm-hmm. hard to pull off. It is. It is. It's very hard to pull off. And and they did. They did it, for sure. Um, Alright. Uh, Sting and Darby. Ethan and uh, Scorpio Sky. This one I'm a little torn with, because this was my one prediction I got wrong, so I was a little mad, but then I was also happy, because Sting won, so I was torn between that. Uh, I couldn't believe they had Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page to lose. I, I could not believe it. I was... This was one of the most other than the Britt Baker and the Kenny Omega matches, this was probably the one I was most sure of what was going to happen. And it was like, all right, Sting and Darby are losing, like 100%. They just lost they just won their 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 last match. Sting's in his first wrestling match in 6 years like actual in ring. Darby Allen is dead. We've established that over the past 3 weeks. Like they've mm-hmm. set it up perfectly. And, and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are brand new in their first te- like or big time tag team match. I thought it was for a foregone conclusion. Then it wasn't. And I was very confused and it kind of, it kind of messed with my enjoyment of the match a little bit, even though the people who I would, I wanted, would want to win, did win. It was so confusing with, uh, how I thought this was going to go that it, it, it threw me off a little bit, but, um, but I thought it was great. I loved this match. I thought I thought they they booked it perfectly. They made everyone look good. The the spots were done well. It flowed really like it was just it was a clean, well put together match that was executed pretty much to perfection. Yeah, and they let Sting.
0: I'm shocked you didn't love this match, Mark. I did. About I did love. Life- I did
1: love this match. I just tried to explain. I was just confused. <laughs> that's all. But I did yeah. really, really, I really liked this match. Well, they let him he got
0: to do a lot more than yeah. I was kind of expecting. And they clearly tailored the match to what he's still comfortable doing or whatever. But mm-hmm. like I wasn't expecting the suplex onto the ramp or the <laughs> dive like nope. a lot of that stuff. And this is what I told my friend because he's you know, he he's he's watched W like he was into WWE for a while. Like he knows a lot of the wrestlers on this show. And I was walking him through the card, and I was like, oh yeah, and Sting's wrestling again. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, he's 60 <laughs> years old. He's wrestling. There's an added element of like, oh no, actually, please don't do that whenever somebody that old wrestles in front of you live. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think
0: we were joking about this on the show, but they should tease using the buckle bomb as their
1: I'm I'm shocked they didn't. That was a missed
0: opportunity. Yeah, well, maybe it's still to come. I don't know. But so like a lot of the stuff he you did, you're like, no, 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 no. But despite all that, I don't know how it looked on television, and apparently they had done this earlier in the night and I missed it. But I gotta tell you, from like halfway up in the second level, the spot where Darby Allen is physically thrown into the front row looks like <laughs> death
1: itself. Yes, it does. That and, is a
0: devastating spot when you can't see that clearly what's going on. And I don't know how good it looked on television, but that was it's that pretty was scary. gnarly.
1: And he clips, he really, clips really his cool. leg on the, the, the railing, oh, which they worse. do every time. It happens every time. <laughs> it's just uh, – it looks Can't so it. bad. Yeah, that's rough. It looks so painful. Oh, this is the
0: other, the other funny thing about watching live. So I don't know why I just thought of this now. The way the camera is set up, which I like, right? But the way the camera is set up, you've got the ring right in front of you and then both entrances and the ramp. Directly behind the ring and sort of in your field of vision at all times. Right. Yeah. And I like that view for television. But so what they do or the consequence of that, I guess, is that when you're there in person, they they turn off like they don't display the video on the Titan Tron or whatever Uh they call it. You know, the Tony Tron. Yeah write that down we claim <laughs> that that's what it's called now <laughs> that's the smartest thing i've ever said on that's the podcast that's a great that's awesome so because it's it's good right that so like good. because you know then they would have this weird like infinite loop at the top half of your screen where they're filming it and it goes on the on the tony tron so what they do in practice is they like half the bottom half of the screen is just displaying like you know the double or nothing logo or whatever like whatever you see up there and the top half of it they do like it sounds like a commercial break there's a little picture in picture <laughs> on the top half of the Tony Tron and that's where they show the match like the pay-per-view feed so that me in the 200s can like see the other stuff that's happening yeah. or like for the Moxley John for the for the Moxley Kingston Young Bucks match when they were brawling through the crowd they put it on, on the Tony Tron so we can see what's happening, but they only do that. Like when they remember to do it. Mm. And there were multiple occasions during this show where we all had to yell at the production guy. Like we were chanting stuff. We would chant, We can't see. We can't see. I don't know if it came across on television, but literally like that's what it was. It was, we would yell at this guy until he was like, Oh, right, right. And then he would put it up on the top app of the Tony Tron So for like, so for the brawl in the tag team match, we were able to see the back half of that because we yelled at the guy until he put it on TV for us, but they didn't put it up in time to pick up the replay of Darby getting thrown into the crowd. So we were literally chanting for a replay for like four minutes and they just couldn't get it up, (laughs) which was like a lot of their production issues are kind of annoying or, you know, Hey, sometimes they ruin shows. But this was just a funny, like kind of endearing one because it was literally like some guy in the production room or outside who was like, oh, right. Yeah, they can't see any of this, can they? Let me figure that out. So I still haven't seen this spot, all that to say. And I didn't know he caught his leg until you said that. But it, it was a great spot. And that's one of those spots that like when he sells it like death for the next few minutes, it's very believable. I was yes. happy to see Sting win. The other two guys seem good, but like I don't, I don't know a lot about them yet. And if Sting's going to do it, at least he's winning like a proper match. And it was yes. a little bit... It, it was more fun and a little bit more enthusiastic than the taped one they won earlier this year. Sure, yeah, I, of course. I, I, I hope he doesn't wrestle a ton, to be honest yeah. with you. I hope they do this like one or two, maybe three more times and then are done. But it was fun, and it's wild. I, I'm genuinely not trying to be a jerk. I just think this was cool and I was talking to my friend about this like it is wild that I didn't become a wrestling fan until the spring of 2014 Mm -hmm. and I can say I've seen The Undertaker and Sting wrestle live Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky to have done that and this was a really cool experience it Mm -hmm. was really it, it was exactly like the Survivor Series match where The Undertaker and Kane I think in 14 or 15 Wrestled the Wyatt family. And everyone else was like, Oh, well, yeah, the Wyatt family needs to win because they're this young up and coming faction. I was like, Man, I just want I want to be in the building. I want to see the entrance. I want to see the choke slam. I want to see the tombstone with my own two eyes. That's all I want. Yeah. And I did. It's so the same thing here. Like it was it was a very similar vibe where you're like, Is this great long term booking? No, but I don't, I don't care. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> of course. It, was, it was nice. It was a little piece of history.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah, that's, that, that is awesome. Uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, all right. And then the, uh, the main event, triple threat match, Cassidy, Pack, and, uh, Kenny Omega. Again, there was, you know, another one that's just blatantly obvious of who's winning this match, but. Didn't, didn't matter, man. And that's what, that's what we were all looking forward to. We were like, look, this should be great. Like these three in a match, it, this, this should be great. And, uh, and I thought they pulled it off. I thought they pulled it off. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I love the, I love the pacing of this match. I loved the, uh, the false finishes. I thought were done really, really well, especially for AEW in this match mm-hmm. and everyone looked good. They got everybody over. They got pack. Obviously Omega is the champion, but and and obviously everyone's already over. But just as far as this match, everyone performed, everyone got to shine, everyone looked better. Everyone looked better after that match. Everyone. Yeah. I, I thought it, it really could not have been done any better.
0: Oh, absolutely. This is my other like if um if the Jungle Boy win was my moment of my of the night, this was my match of the night easily. I mean. Well, you talk about getting people over, like Orange Cassidy is over, but this was like a, no, no, I can see him being AEW champion. Like, they take him seriously, and they, by having a close match with Kenny Omega, it's the kind of thing where you're elevated in kayfabe, and like, yeah, I can see him winning. And, like, look, I I had had a few cold ones by this point in the evening, so my judgment (laughs) might be a little biased, but I bet on a lot of those false finishes, (laughs) and they weren't all Kenny Omega, even though you're like, yeah, of course – Kenny's going to win, but the one the, the best one and the one that really like along with Moxley kicking out at one are the moments that made me come completely unglued was when, um, was when Pac hit the, what, what do they call it now? Is it the, it's not the red arrow. That was his it's WWE the black name for arrow. it. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's creative. Yeah. He hits the black arrow on both of them. Yeah. And then Orange Cassidy picks him up and throws him out of the ring and goes for the cover. I really thought he had it. And I – because, you know, because that's the kind of thing that that protects the other wrestler right. and is cheap enough to be – and is also completely in character for Orange Cassidy. I completely bit on that. And there were two or three other ones that I completely bit on. It Somebody compared it to um, – oh, sh- the, the triple threat at Mania where you have – Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and Edge all playing very different types of characters. And there's all very clear moments that were, like, booked to bring out each of their characters. It was like that. I, I think they all offset each other really well. I think it was great. Kenny Omega in ring is always Hey, wait a minute. But... Hey, and
1: wait. Uh, yep. With that match, I think we might have said it wrong. Didn't he do—he didn't hit that—no, uh, he did that— um... He did that fal- is it the other one? The, the Falcon Arrow. Because it, it was not the his diving black arrow. Oh, okay. It was the other one off okay. the top
0: rope. It was a big With thing off one. the top rope
1: because yeah, I just yeah, remember
0: yeah. it was one of those things where like this is one thing that's fun about watching a wrestling show when you can see it happening and you start to buzz. Yeah. But, you know, the camera hasn't cut to it yet. That's really mm-hmm. fun because it's you know, that moment of suspense as he slowly climbs up. And poises himself, and you're like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. That was <laughs> great. I loved that. That's awesome. But um, yeah, it was it was super fun. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what they do next. I don't think either of them will get a rematch anytime soon, especially with Jungle Boy hanging around. Yeah. But like, I, I love that they showed. No, like Orange Cassidy, in the right circumstance, can and possibly will at some point hold the title when he's you know because he, he's good. He is that good. Pack is obviously great, and this is good for him. I'd be shocked if he doesn't hold the title at some point, too. Kenny Omega in ring is always great, obviously. And getting to see him wrestle live for the first time was really fun after I've, yeah. you know, heard so much about him and watched him from a distance for years. We actually we went to the restroom right before this, and I was getting one more drink, but I like sprinted back in the aisle for his entrance because I wanted to see his <laughs> entrance. So that was great. What he's doing right now with Don Callis is some legit great character work too, in yeah. a way that like the Young Bucks haven't quite figured out. He's he's killing it. He's found that sweet spot of dorky and annoying, but also deadly heel. And like the segment on Dynamite this week was the same way. It was great. Everything about this match was great. Match mm-hmm. of the night, easily.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Fantastic. Oh, and then just
0: a great little bit of heel nonsense, clocking him with the belt. With all four of his. Belts yeah. <laughs> while the ref was out. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. But you're like, you, as you're booing him, you're like, this is good. This is uh, really Yeah. Good. As
1: once he goes to the second, one, you're like, yeah, do it again. Wait, you like, got oh, two no. more belts. <laughs> mm. that, <laughs> yeah, was that was great. A lot of fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I thought, well, I mean, well, we have the stadium stampede match to talk about, but. Mm, yeah.
0: No. Okay. How did this? So again, I I, I had put back a few by this point in the evening. So I really enjoyed this match. I was having a lovely time really throughout this entire card, but I know watching on TV, this was literally a four hour show. Yeah. And this being the main event, did, did it drag a little bit
1: for you? I know people were
0: generally like, Hey, this is pretty good, but
1: it's fine. A lot. It dragged. It was very derivative, which is what I was worried about. um, Mm. I mean, it, like, it wasn't terrible. I really didn't care for most of this match. Because it was like, I mean, it's just, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And a lot of people really liked it. Um, I think for the most part, people really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I thought it was fine. But it's what I was worried about, where it's just like, you can't do this again. And to me, I, I guess for most people, they don't feel this way. But for, for me, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, where it's just like, It just feels like they're just scraping. They're just trying. They were like, all right, well, we can't do anything we did last year. So what else can we do in this building? And it's all the extras. You know, it's all the Mm -mm. the the cut spots, the left out things that they didn't get to. (laughs) That's just what it felt like Uh, to me. uh, Um, And I thought everyone in it is really good. So they did a fine job with it. But you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, they took all the good stuff and they used it last year and they can't do it again. So now they have to go to the backups and that's just what (laughs) it felt like. The best part about this match is that they actually finished it live. That was the best. Yeah. That was was the best idea that they could have possibly done. It was brilliant. Um, Once I saw they were doing that, I was like, okay, well done. That is the right move for sure. And, uh, so that, that helped, that helped it a lot. That decision. Um, but, uh, but yeah, overall, it's just, it was just fine. It was, it was fine. You know, inner, inner circle one, which is what I, and you know, that's what everyone pretty much thought. And, uh, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this goes with dynamite. I guess they're not done. So we're just going to keep going pinnacle inner circle. So I'm not really sure where this goes from here, but you know, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm curious to find out.
0: Okay, I, I don't remember exactly what you said, so I believe you when you said you ended up picking Inner Circle. Mm-hmm. Everyone was picking the Pinnacle. To win. Oh, this I, 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 I thought
1: do. the Pinnacle should win, but I, I didn't think they were going to win.
0: I heard a lot of people pick Pinnacle, and I, was, I, I, don't, I wasn't thinking about my predictions the entire time, so I think I was just barely above 500 because there were a lot of guineas in there.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: was very proud of the way I predicted exactly how this feud and this match is going to go. Because they literally came out, and we don't have to cover Dynamite beat for beat, because I wasn't watching it that closely. But one of the segments I did watch, they literally came out and were like, "Hey, guess what? We're gonna we're gonna keep feuding with the Pinnacle, everybody." And I was like, "Yeah, no, like that makes," I, I was just I, I, I nailed this man. I'm really yeah. proud of this one. I was yeah. like, "Look." You want to have them, your premier faction, the guys who invented Stadium Stampede, you want them to win a Stadium Stampede, right? put that on a t-shirt, sell it in a DVD box set in 10 years. You want all that to happen. You want them to keep feuding with the Pinnacle. They're going to lose later. It's going to be fine. The Pinnacle's going to go over it. I mean, I, I say that, right? But FTR hasn't won the tag team titles yet, so who knows? But uh, yeah, I thought this was really fun, maybe just because I liked everything they did with it. You had the, uh, the biggest heel in the world, Urban Meyer, make his first pro wrestling appearance, as far as I know. I, I popped for that, but I also booed him pretty loudly. I'm not a fan of Urban Meyer. But I appreciate them trying to find new ways to bring in, you know, to take advantage of the fact that their owner is a billionaire who has, like, an oversized amount of influence yeah. to throw at his dumb little wrestling show. Um, big fan of the, of the dead pigs in the basement of... The stadium in June, because you know, there's a lot of food being produced and sold in the basement of um, Everbank Field or whatever generic bank sponsors that dump of a stadium now. <laughs> uh, there's a lot like the, the goofy stuff like that. Like it wasn't as silly as last year, mm-hmm. but I'm glad they still kept it a little silly. And I also quite like that MJF being the serious heel in the serious heel faction. It's kind of like wrestling Orange Cassidy. Whenever you do a stadium stampede match, like you are going to get dragged down to a certain level of silliness and be really mad about it. And that's funny. Yeah. But then you're right. Like the fact that, and maybe this is what, this is what helped it a lot for me too. The way you could hear the energy in the building when Jericho and MJF came back in and then the energy in the building for that final moment. And Sammy, like Sammy, has really been great. This is what Mm -hmm. is about to make him like a rock star as a singles wrestler in the next six months. And the fact that like he was the one who almost split up and left and that was all because of MJF. And then somebody else pointed this out, but he was the one who, who quit right in the blood and guts match. He was the one who loudest was like, no, 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 we quit. We quit. Don't hurt him. The fact that he was the one to get the pinfall and save the faction and pin Sean Spears. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was that was a really nice touch and a really nice moment. So I'm yeah. excited to see. I I'll be honest. I'm not I, whatever they do next in the feud. I won't care that much about. But I'm really excited to see what Sammy Guevara does next after this because I think he's been yep. on a great run. And that was a really good note to end the show on. I got to sing Judas with everyone. That nice. was super super fun. Nice. That was that was the other big reason I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's fair. I get that.
0: It's wild, honestly, that wrestling fans can sing that as well as they do because it Wild is true. Thing didn't work. I don't know if it's just because I've been listening to Wild Thing a lot so I know all the words and like the beats and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was it was pretty out of sync for Moxley's entrance and I noticed it. Like we started too early everyone was a little off because everyone knows what like the wild thing part, but nothing else. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> right. knows Judas, man, like yeah. word for word, beat for beat. And it's so funny to me, It's but awesome. that was a blast and a great way to end the show, especially when like, I don't know. I don't know how many more, you know, like killer baby face moments. Chris Jericho is going to have. That was, that was super fun.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a great way to, to end the show for sure. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Double or Nothing. Good show. I think people are overreacting to it uh, about how good it was. But I still think it was clearly light years better than Revolution. And just having a crowd in there was just incredible to, to finally see, like, a full crowd. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good show. I, I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, I I loved it. And I'm obviously being in the building, I think, did elevate it, at least like if we were grading in terms of letters, like at least a half letter.
1: Oh, for sure. Because that experience
0: and feeling it after the first year was was awesome. But I didn't I didn't even think about it until we were leaving the building. But I looked at my phone and I said, Jake, that was a four hour show. Yeah, it was long. I mean, from kickoff to close, it was midnight. Yep. And it was great. Like it didn't really feel like it dragged. It was paced very well. There weren't any matches that I felt like were real duds or were condescending creatively mm-hmm. or anything like that. I mean, it was yeah. it was a great show. I think uh, there's recency bias here, right? Sure. But it's it's certainly in the running for one of the best shows they've ever done. And I'm going yeah, to revisit the library and, and watch this one. Like I said, I'll buy this one at some point because I want to see it. I want to see how it looked. But yeah great show. I'm very excited to see what happens next with a lot of these people. And I think they're going to have a hard time topping it for a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. It, a lot of pieces came together with this and, uh, and yeah, they did a really good job. So we'll see where it goes right, from here. We, but, um, can we transition into
0: dynamite and me dumping on this product that I've just praised so much real quick?
1: Uh, sure. But I thought you didn't like watch I said, dynamite.
0: I didn't watch this show. I, I didn't watch it that closely. Like I pulled it up cause I wanted to see what happened next, and I found myself skipping through a lot of it because I was like oh we're just doing gotcha they just didn't have that much left in the tank here's the thing man. I, I understand one the decision to bring in Andrade yeah. obviously because that dude is money yep I even understand the decision to put him with a manager yep I, Zelina Vega is literally unemployed yep. she's literally a free agent what in the world bring her in just do that again. They did it in NXT for like a year, and it was incredible. Yep. Just do that. Don't put her. Don't don't put it with the worst person on the planet. Like not yep. in an. Ooh, she's a good heel way. No, no. In like it I'm a, changing the channel. I'm less. I'm less excited that he's in AEW
1: now. Yeah. It Why would it. you do that? It ruined it. I don't give again, two craps. And I, I. I.
0: I get the thinking about the manager. I, I get the decision because uh, they're both Latino or whatever. I, I get that. But Selena Vegas, literally unemployed. Yep. I baffling dude. Baffling.
1: Makes no sense. They'll figure something out with him.
0: I don't know, man. I will say selfishly, I was the, the one thing about Alistair Black's release that I was kind of excited about is I think that kind of puts the ixnay on rumors that she was coming back Yeah. because I want to see her like actually do stuff on television again somewhere. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. just
0: bring her to jacksonville pair with andrade again they're really good together it works yes, don't overthink this
1: get vicky guerrero off my television forever oh yeah no i won't watch anything with andrade if she's oh, there like i'm not man. i'm just i'm not watching so yeah that, no, was, that bad. was one of the worst oh, oh, things the i've ever thing, seen this is when i decided to um
0: this is when i decided to stop watching dynamite by the way is um Brit Baker comes out has a very good like let's reestablish that I'm a heel promo segment including the like look under your seats everybody's got a free burger there's no burgers <laughs> <laughs> cheapest <laughs> to eat on the planet I love it
1: no yeah it was who, very funny who
0: Mark who crashes the party who are we feuding with next is it is it Thunder Rosa is it maybe Jade Cargill who's still a little green but has a great look and is definitely going to be champion one day uh, is it a plucky underdog baby face like Red Velvet or is it the same woman who has been in every other title feud for the last two years?
1: And who's a heel?
0: <laughs> and who's a heel? Who's a big, strong, monster heel? Mm-hmm. I don't understand.
1: That's exactly what that you want for your brand new like, face of the division heel oh champion my, to now have to go oh against a bigger heel. What a great idea. That
0: was the moment where I was like, you know what? I'm, they took this week off. I'm going to go back in next week. Mm baffling dude baffling I don't understand it but sure yeah more power to him.
1: <laughs> yeah this was uh this was frustrating um yeah no this was this was dumb That was a
0: dour note to end on sorry was, and we can wrap it up from here but I just yeah. I, both of those things had to be said dynamite was
1: bad there's just no way to say it it might have been the worst dynamite show ever it, it's very possible like it was awful um, I missed the first match, the Young Bucks and Pac and, uh, Pinta. I, I missed that tag match. Apparently that was pretty good and I'm sure it probably was. Um, but I, I, I was late to it. So i I actually missed that one, but, um, everything else was pretty bad. It was, it was not good. <laughs> the best part I guess better. was Christian and jungle boy versus private party was probably the best part of the show. Mm-hmm. Cause that was fun. That was a good, that was a good tag match, but, um, yeah, everything else was. Yeah, I mean, when your main event is a bull rope match right. with Nick uh, Camaroto versus Dustin Rhodes, yeah, I'm sorry, that feud already sucks. Nobody gives a crap, and now it's. I I didn't care. Sorry. It's, it's a very
0: dark elevation match in the main event of your premiere show. Yes, it is.
1: That's kind of how I felt.
0: Yeah, yep. I will. What What else was I going to say? No, I lost it. No, no. Man. I don't know. I did like, this is the one, the, the good thing. We'll pivot back to a positive note and wrap it up. The, the Kenny Omega segment where he was like, Hey, yeah, great. Jungle boy won a match with a bunch of mid carters in it. And I know everyone likes his song. I like his song too, but I'm still going to kill him. That's exactly <laughs> the right note. You want to yield to hit. Yeah. And the exact right amount of like acknowledgement of reality where you're like, yeah, the theme is over, but how much are they going to push the guy based on that? Like that's, that was all very good. I like a lot of what he's doing right now. I think he's in the zone, and I am looking forward to that match a lot. I think that's going to be a lot
1: of fun. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm i really looking forward to it. So, All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Behind the Gorilla, recapping AEW over the past little while and Harris's trip to double or nothing. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Behind underscore Gorilla. Also, follow us on Instagram at Behind underscore Gorilla. And you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark brand.
0: And I'm at Harris Wilson.
1: Let's go ahead and do that. And um, Yeah, that does it for this episode. We we might or might not be back next week. Who knows? You never know. Um, just just stick around and, and stay tuned. But we'll talk to you guys next time.